And welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff live here on Giants.com. I am Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion Jeff Fiegels. Hello. Giants WFAN. Jay Fiegels on Twitter. If you want to hit us up there, of course, you could always go to Twitter and do hashtag Giants chat. But if you'd really like to talk to us, you got to dial the phone. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. And don't forget, if you subscribe to the Giants Audio Podcast, please note that Big Blue Kickoff Live now has its own dedicated podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. Again, Big Blue Kickoff Live is no longer available on the Giants Audio Podcast. Please subscribe to the Big Blue Kickoff Live Podcast. You can still watch or listen to the show on Giants.com and the Giants app. Now that we got that out of the way, Mr. Fiegels. That was very good, Dottino. Sunday, 425, MetLife Stadium, the Giants season finale, week number 17 of the regular season. They had to move it to 425. Well, it was flexed because the Eagles need the win to make the playoffs. They would clinch the NFC East if they beat the Giants. Should they lose, the Cowboys can then steal the division with a victory over the Washington Redskins. Whoopee. (laughs) <laughs> Great way to start the show. Thanks for losing all of our listeners Who and cares? our viewers. Yeah, uh, all I care is the Giants must win. That's okay. what we got to do. Well, now, let me ask you a couple of questions about this. <laughs> Sorry about that. And I'm, and I'm not going to specifically relate it to this team because with all your years of experience in the NFL, I think you can make some general statements. Well, Number one, how valuable is winning the final regular season game when you know your team has had a disappointing season they're not going to the playoffs, and the offseason is looming ahead. Oh, I think it's huge because, you know, the core of this team will be back next year. We know that, right, pretty much. Um, the, the roster is young, so these guys are going to – they know they're going to play. The big thing for me is that you're playing in the division. The If you lose this game, it's gonna, you're, you're going to prove to your fans that you, you weren't good enough to beat the division winner, right? Because if the Eagles beat the Giants, they're the division winners. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, I want to. I want to play because I'm basically playing for my job. We all are, right? I mean, you're on. I'm on the team now. That's what you're you're saying to me, right? Well, yeah. And the third thing is, is that I I think that there is a little bit of carryover from one season to the next. Now, it didn't seem to happen last year the way that this team played at the end of the year, the second half of the season. It didn't carry over to this year, but. I feel like the core players and the guys need to go and they need to win. And you, it's a division game. You want to win in the division and you want to go out and, and have a good taste in your mouth. You want to have, I want to on Sunday at seven fifteen. I want to know that my, my season is over, right? Cause we know we're going anywhere, but I want to go home and I want to reflect on the season with a good taste in my mouth that we went out winning. And that's, that's me. I think a lot of guys would think the same way, Paul. Well, Leonard Williams, I just talked to him a short time yeah. ago. He indicated it wasn't just that final game. It was the fact that the Giants would go into the offseason with a three-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. He said it's not just this one game. It's the fact that if we go in with yeah. a winning streak, it makes you feel better. No question. And you know what? You In the last two of them were division games, and that's that's even better. But to me, I want to be the spoiler in this. I, I want to stop that other team from having to win and go to the playoffs. That, to me, is worth a lot. Okay. Question number two. <clears throat> okay. And, again, I tap into your vast experience in this league. A little bit of it. The Eagles have beaten the Giants 19 of the last 23 times. Oh, God, the dominance right. has lasted a decade. <laughs> And in fact, in each of the last two seasons, the Eagles have overcome a double-digit second-half deficit to sting the Giants in dramatic fashion. So I ask you, Mr. Fiegels, how much of a psychological impact, specifically the last two years when the Eagles did dramatically come from behind to rally to victory, how much of a psychological impact can that have on either side of the ball Sunday? Well, you hope none because you don't want to look at what's, you know, what's in the past. You got to look at what's at the the task at hand and say, you know, start a new start a new trend. Start your own trend, right? One or no. That's the way you got to look at it. I think the only only people that look at things in the past are guys that don't believe that they can win in the future. That's to me. Um, you can you can prepare 
or things you've done in the past and during the week, but during the game, that should have no bearing on the way that you play at all. I asked this question of Michael Thomas, who's been in the league okay. for a few yeah. years. Yeah. Now, he understood what's happened the last two years here against Philadelphia because he's been here. He has suffered those really gut-wrenching defeats mm -hmm. at the hands of the Eagles. He said he's been on teams, and he said we felt it last week in Washington that even though the defense did not play up to par, he said we felt as if we won that talk game, uh, the coin toss in overtime, we were going down and winning the game. He said there was a tremendous amount of of a psychological confidence okay. that they were going to beat the Redskins. And he said, the thing about it is, we want to start fast. We want to get a lead on Philly like we've done a couple of times in the last two years. But what we have to be able to do is, as a unit, we have to say, somebody make a play to stop the bleeding mm. because you cannot allow yourself to think in that defeatist mentality Correct. that the Eagles have one up on us mentally. Well, I mean, that's... That's a, that's the way you think when you play football, Paul. You can't think about losing. This is a, you, you always got to think that you have a chance to win. As soon as you start thinking that you don't, that you play wrong. I think this team last week, because of the confidence level that Michael had just mentioned to you, that will help them overcome if they get in a situation that you just talked about mm -hmm. because they've got the confidence and they know that they can do it. All right, now, a couple of things I want to mention record-wise, then we'll get to your calls at 201-939-4513 or on Twitter again at uh, hashtag GiantsChat. Saquon Barkley, 89 yards shy of 1,000 yards rushing on a season that has been littered with a number of injury play games for him. The high ankle sprain suffered in Week 3 against Tampa Bay hampered him for the better part of two and a half months, and yet he has bookended those games with two 100-yard games in the front and two 100-yard games in the back, and now he's 89 shy mm -hmm. of 1,000. Should he be able to do that against Philadelphia? He eclipses the plateau, and I've talked to both Will Hernandez and uh, Kevin Zeitler about it. They do believe that it would be a hell of an accomplishment given the fact that Barkley was so badly injured for more than half the season, and they would be extremely proud to see him get it. Well, it's going to be a tough sledding because that defense, the, the front seven is pretty darn good for the Eagles. Uh, they got injuries you know, all over the place, but they're, they're D-line. Um, I think that there's, there's a thing where you know, when there's something to be gained, you put a little extra effort into it if you're Saquon. And also, if you're those linemen, you want to get a 1,000-yard rusher to your pedigree, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can tell people, well, listen, we've had you know two years where we've had a 1,000-yard rushers, so we're not that bad of an offensive line, are we? You know, does that, so that's kind of like a, you know, a notch in the, lip, in the lipstick case, as they used to say, the Pat Benatar. Remember that song, Paul? Yes. So, I know who Pat Benatar was. <laughs> some, some of our listeners may not. but No. Um, the fact is, is that you want to be proud of that. Kenzie doesn't know who Pat Benatar is. I <laughs> no. can tell. Okay. She didn't even have to shake her head. I already knew. But uh, you want to be able to you know, be proud about that and have your, 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 especially, I mean, that's a heck of a feat considering the season that he's had, how hurt he's been. He's averaged four and a half yards a carry. Nothing shabby about that at all. No, now, I mean, four is like the threshold, right? Everybody wants to be 4-0. And the Eagles are allowing four yards per carry okay, so. rushing so far this season. So it's entirely plausible. Remember, he had 17 carries for 66 yards in the game in Philadelphia yeah. a month ago. A month ago. When he little, was still, still a little bit. slowly yep, coming back from the ankle. Yeah, and I think that um, what you can... I guess I would think that you're going to get is you're going to get one of those chunk plays from Saquon. That seems to be the way things are going with him on the four 100 yards. If you go back and look some of the chunk plays he got, mm -hmm. there's usually one in there that will define, okay, this game's definitely going over 100. You look at what happened last week. I mean, <laughs> Lance and I were in the uh, we were in the in the car going back from uh, our remote over at 80 River where we do our pregame show in the Holland Tunnel when all of a sudden the next thing you know, the Giants are up 7 nothing, and we're like, what happened? And, well, sure enough, there was Saquon with that big play. And that's probably what I think he'll get one of those, whether it's a 70-yarder or something, but at least that he only needs 89, right, or 86? 89. 89. So. All right, I'll give you another stat to look forward to in Sunday's game. All right. And that would be quarterback Daniel Jones. Oh. Daniel has thrown to this point 23 touchdown passes. He is four shy 
of tying Baker Mayfield's NFL single-season rookie touchdown passing record. Mayfield had 27 last year with the Cleveland Browns. Now, four in a game? You say that sounds like a little much until you realize that... He's done it three times. Jones had five last week against yeah. Washington. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think that... I think he's got a chance to do something through the air with this team because the way that they're so banged up in the secondary... Um, I just think that, and I'll tell you what, if you look at the last couple games, okay, or list this last game, what happened? Why did, why was he so successful? Well, number one, the offensive line played well. Number two, they ran the football. Zero sacks. They ran the football. When you can run the football and protect the passer, you're going to have a good day. And the thing I like about that stat line that you just gave for last game, Mm -hmm. five touchdowns, Mm -hmm. zero picks. Correct. Zero picks in fact i believe from mr papa and his he sends out a lot of these statistics for us i read them this morning in the four 400 yard games or excuse four touchdown pass games i think he had zero interceptions in all four of those games right there you go and he has thrown at least one touchdown pass in all of his starts this season so he's yet to be shut out by anybody so odds are pretty good he's going to get at least one the yeah. question is, can he get four? Okay. And Philadelphia, and let me let me give you this stat, folks, uh, by the way, for those of you who, you know, do want to try to uh, analyze the, the opportunity that he's got. Philadelphia against the pass this year, I've got the numbers right here in front of me. Uh, they are ranked 19th in the NFL in terms of passing yardage against. And they have given up 26 touchdown passes so far this year, which is uh, ranks 21st in the league. So well, it is a subpar secondary. Maybe not awful, but they are subpar. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, it really depends on the running game. This, <clears throat> it really does. Um, you got to get the running game going for these guys to be able to pass the football against this team. I think this is going to be – their division games are always close, Paul. You know that. Um I feel like the Giants had a chance to win this game the last time they played them, certainly in the first half. They didn't do anything in the second half. Um, But this win against Washington will do wonders for a team um, coming into a game like this, a division game at home, the last one of the season, and everybody's going to go out there and put it on the line because you know what? We don't know what's going to happen next week with anything. And so I think that you go out there, and if all 53 guys go out there with that type of energy and that type of thought, then mm-hmm. you go out and win the game. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. No problem. 201-939-4513 is our phone <sighs> number. Dial us up. We'll talk about the Giants and the Eagles coming up on Sunday in the regular season finale. Also, want to remind folks that tonight, if you're in the New York metropolitan area, uh, on MSG uh, mm-hmm. will be the final first and ten show of the season. There will be a lengthy tribute to quarterback Eli Manning, 16 years with the Giants. We believe, we don't know this, he has not made any announcements, but we believe that his 16-year tenure with the Giants will be coming to an end on Sunday. Uh, that's going to be something you guys want to see. In addition to that, I've got an exclusive one-on-one uh, with Daniel Jones, which will be very interesting, I promise you. Uh, we did ask him a, a questions that made him think and actually made him laugh, which if you know Daniel, that's quite an accomplishment. <laughs> uh, he, he, he's been given a lot of programmed answers uh, lately because he's getting asked the same questions time and time yeah. again. But uh, I decided we're going to go a little different now. And I think, uh, I think Daniel's interview was very enlightening. We invite you to watch First and Ten today, 4.30 this afternoon on MSG. We go to the phone lines, and let's see who was first on the program. It's Antonio in Manhattan. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hi, Antonio. Hey, P. Doc, Eagles. How are you guys doing? Happy Friday. You too. You too. Um, so I want to make quick three points. The first one is this game... To me, it means so much. I, I am <laughs> sick and tired of the Eagles. Oh, you and um, me both. Just crushing us. If we could eliminate them from the playoffs and Washington, and hopefully the Redskins don't pull off a crazy upset, that would mean so much to me. But I want to see Jones perform against a winning team. We haven't been in a winning team this year. We've beaten the bums out of our schedule, and that's cool. But we need to finally finish off this season with a win against a winning record team. That would be awesome. 
Well, um, here's one thing I would add. Number one, the way the league is built today, you need to stock up on victories against lesser opponents. That's just the way the right. league works. Yeah. If you'll look right. at the playoff teams this year, most of their wins were against the subpar teams. They beat up on the bottom right. feeders. Sure. That's that's how you win in this league. So, you know, you don't have to beat the winning teams to become a playoff caliber club. That's just not the way it works anymore in the NFL. So I caution you with that type of, uh, of attitude. And the second thing I would say is this. The Giants, to beat a division rival, and Jeff talked about this at the beginning of the program, this is a very emotionally draining game. Yep. It's an intense physical oh. game. And it's the kind of game that tests your will. Do you not agree? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's your will again. Listen, the division games, okay, they are they they're so personal because there's guys like and you just like you, right? I'm sorry, everybody is tired of the Eagles. This team, <laughs> this is a young team. They haven't been, they're not tired of this team yet like we are. But they're going to have to, They. It, it would be great to start a new streak here, for God's sakes, right? Because, but to answer Absolutely. your question, Paul, you, the division gains mean more because you're going to face these guys again two more times next year. And like I said before, the core of this team is still going to be back next year. So it's got to mean a lot to you to, to keep these guys out of the playoffs. It really is. Unfortunately, you're going to send another team to the playoffs, but who cares? Yeah, see, so it's not so much about beating a team with a winning record. It's about beating a division rival and a very dangerous, painful yeah. foe that has a psychological edge over you. A big time. They Giants yeah. don't want to hear, as they go into Philadelphia or Philly comes here next year in 2020, they don't want to hear that they've lost 20 out of 24 to this team and that there's a hex and a jinx yeah. and Deshaun Jackson's ghost and <laughs> Cl uh, Clyde Simmons' ghost and Herman Edwards' ghost continues to yeah. haunt the Big Blue. They don't want to hear that crap. So, so exactly. Daniel Jones, who is yet to play against Philadelphia, yeah. this is his first ever game against the Eagles. It's time for him to put an end to that hex. He hasn't been soiled by it yet. It's up to him to show the Eagles that he's got their number instead of the other way around. Yep. And now, two more things that I wanted to say real quick, and this is about the defense. First and foremost, I honestly believe, in my heart of hearts, there's no way we keep Betcher next year. But this game right here, the Philadelphia Eagles, last time we played against, they know that Betcher runs a heavy man scheme. They ran end-around motions. They did a whole bunch of motions. And it just doesn't make sense for me for one of our – if a defender is on one side of the field, for him to trail a guy who's doing an end-around motion and follow him to the other side of the field, that's going to be a recipe for disaster. we got to play more zone against Philadelphia and let them just walk it down the field and let them make the mistake. I think that – and then the last point that I want to make is this. Just because we lost Chase Young doesn't mean that's the end of the world. I honestly don't believe in today's NFL. You need to have that dominant. You need to have two dominant pass rushers. You can have one guy, and, and we have that one guy right now who's getting 10 sacks. We just need other people to step up. What we really need is speed in the linebackers and speed in the safety. We need athleticism in those. The middle of the field is more important in today's NFL. Back in the day... The NFL was about pass rushers, Michael Strahan, O.C. Tuck. That's not the same NFL we play right now. If you check the top teams, the Patriots, Baltimore Ravens, those teams don't have two edge rushers that are killing it. They have uh, sacks all around the team, but what they do have is that they have middle of the field, that their they're no tackle, defensive tackles, their linebackers and their safeties are super solid. And Antonio, take, guys, you, have a great one. you too now. Happy New Year to you. Appreciate the phone call. And he makes a very good point in that I'm a firm believer that even though Chase Young is universally graded as the highest pass rusher in this draft, the Giants need not cry if they don't get him. No. I mean, listen, we, 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 beat, this, we beat this to death, okay? You don't know which player is going to, is going to be good or not. You don't know if he's going to be a bust. He's going to do what? There's still a lot of value with, I guess, the Giants can't get worse than, what, the fifth pick with with a win or a loss this Correct. week or something? They could be as high as two and as low as five. Okay, so you're going to get a good player that you hope in those picks there, right? And I just think, but, you know, he has a point about as far as the day, today's NFL, but today's NFL, you've got to get pressure on the passer, okay, because it is a passing league. And if you don't have passers, 
pass rushers, you better have really good corners and safeties and linebackers. Might this be a good time to remind everybody that Michael Strahan was a number two, OCU Manura was a number two, and Justin Tuck was a number three? Mm. Yeah, there you go. JPP was a one. Yeah. Kiwanuka was a one. But you don't have to be a one. No. Necessarily. No, you can get some good players. Line Uh, two. Carlos, you're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Carlos, are you there? Oh, Paul, this is Dave from Cranford. I, I, I Okay, Dave. All we'll right. take your phone call. We're happy to talk to you. Hi, Dave. How how are you guys? Good. Happy New Good. Year to you. I haven't heard you in a while. You too. You too. Both of you guys. So, so well, first the thing i got to say is this. I, I can't thank the Giants enough. So, Sunday, um, I was supposed to go to my mother-in-law's house for a Christmas party at 4 o'clock. Okay. But my wife's good enough that if the Giants are playing meaningful games, she won't ask me to come. So, so the fact that it's a meaningful game, I get to I get to stay home and watch football. So I am like about a, I'm on cloud nine right now. Wow! <laughs> just just for the fact that somebody has declared this a meaningful game is pretty incredible. First of all, I just want you to know you can thank the league and the networks for yeah, that. The Giants just, don't have anything to do with the kickoff. You got a heck of a but, wife. But I'll you're tell quite you that. welcome anyway. Yeah, that's good so for you. You guys are the best. Hey, you know, I, I've been meaning to call in for a while. I, I, I mean, I, I, I guess, and, may, and, I, and I know you're not necessarily talking about this, and I know this can be a little bit of a dangerous topic, but I, I, I really, you know, I'm a, you know, Jeff, you've met me. We, we've played golf together. Yep. I, you know, I'm, I'm as crazy a fan as, as it can be. And, but, but, you know, just changing things, I, I hear people talking about, you know, hey, we're just going to change, you know, we got to change because, you know, I, I, and I really – I kind of really don't understand it, to be honest. So, so, like, I don't understand necessarily changing the head coach because, you know, and, and I know, you know, Sunday is a, a, is a toss-up, so I'm not sure where to go with that game. Um, I, think we, I think we'll actually have a really good shot. I think they're going to play really well. But, but uh, you know, look, there, there are times in the past where you can look back and say the Giants made some really good decisions when they didn't change just as much when they did. And, and, and so that, that's part of my concern here is that I look at this and I say, look, I think we, we have finally enough money in free agency to kind of go be smart and go pick out some, you know, with some holes in the team. I think we're going to, you know, have another good draft. Um, I think you're going to see Daniel Jones, which I think has been a surprise to many of us um, in terms of his second year. And, um, and, you know, obviously you need a lot of other players in their first and second year to take steps up. But I think this team has a chance to be really competitive next year. And I'm not really on the boat of saying, you know, we, we, we definitely need a new coach to, to make that happen. And, 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 again, I know it's a, you know, kind of a, a, a crazy topic, but, I, I, you know, I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, Carlos, thanks for the call. I'll let no, Jeff come. Dave. Dave. It's Dave. And oh, Krampus. Dave. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Um, yes. Well, listen, I'll just give you an example uh, if I can here. And it just happened today. Okay, you have an Atlanta Falcons team that went 1-7. and seven, All right, their owner came out at, at halfway through the season and said, hey, we need to make some changes. We need to do something because everybody's on alert. Um, they went out and they won five of their last seven games. Okay, and now they've decided today they're going to keep the general manager and keep the coach because the, the owner had said, I think that, the team is going in the right direction and there's things that I like about this and they want to keep the continuity. So there is some sense to that when you talk about that. There's also on the other side of it, Dave, is that some people are just tired of the same old, same old, right? And they feel like that the one thing I could tell you is that this team, the, the team is, has, is still playing hard every Sunday. That to me means something. It really does because that's not something you just can, can pick up and say one day, Paul, hey, you know what? Can you guys play better? And, you know, I want you to play hard. That's not that easy. You know that. Three years ago, that wasn't the case. Three Correct. years ago, that, that you didn't just take that little can you play for me pill. But that's working now. Now, so you could think of it, the glass being half full. There's also a lot of people that think that there needs to be change. That's not for Paul and I to understand or discuss. That's way above our pay grade. We would never comment on anything like that anyways. But the fact is, is that... We'll see what happens and go from there. But I do know that these players have a game Sunday and they're all playing for their jobs. Everybody's playing for their job Sunday. Yeah, very good point for sure. 
Carlos from Astoria is on line four. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff hey. Live. Hi. There you go. Um, now we got I'm Carlos. Here, I got Carlos now. Here, Hello. <laughs> Can you hear me now? We yep. do. Okay. Hey, Paul, what the hell happened to Wayne Gorman? Wayne uh, Gorman got buried on the depth chart for a couple of reasons. One, Saquon Barkley, uh, as he was working his way back from the ankle injury, started to get more and more of a percentage of the plays. The other thing that happened was Coach Shermer said they wanted to get a look at Buck Allen so that when Saquon did get some spells of relief, Buck Allen was taking some of those snaps. In fact, he scored a touchdown a couple of weeks ago yeah. uh, here at Giants Stadium. Yep. So that's the answer. That's what's happened. Can I tell you, you know, was there any other reason why? I, I Look, I'm not the coach. I don't make those decisions as to who gets the snaps. I'm simply telling you the facts as, they've been, as they have been laid out to us. Interesting, yeah, because I haven't seen. I don't, you know, always get a chance to, you know, read the transcripts or see his interview. So I wasn't sure if he was asked about it. Um, it just seems odd for a guy like that to be getting, uh, you know, inactive. You I know, think Wayne Goldman. Wayne Goldman is an NFL caliber back. He 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 deserves to play in this yeah, league. Yeah, I think I think he's got some talent. Um, sure. You know, I wanted to thank you guys for. You know, I just started calling in recently, but been listening to the show for a long time. Not not always easy in a season like this to keep the fans engaged, but you guys do a great job uh, <laughs> throughout the off season too. Um, and look, it was a bad year, but thanks to the players, they, they're still playing hard. We're still giant fans, and we all want them to play better. But you know, these guys definitely put their bodies on the line. So that good luck do. to them Sunday. Hopefully, you know they love, they can get themselves a little bit of a rest and. Hopefully, this is the last year for a long time that we're having these kind of conversations I in hope December. So. And go Giants. Thank you, Carlos. Happy New Year to you. And let's make something very clear. And I appreciate the fans' uh, yeah, I comment do too. because yeah. the injuries and the blood and sweat and tears and pain and hell that these football players it's go real. through. It's real. It's very real. Yeah. Win or lose, yeah. the bumps and bruises still hurt. Yeah, well, winning makes them hurt more. <laughs> I mean, mean see, losing makes them hurt a lot more. Right. Winning cures a lot of things. Yes. And I promise you, you know, Monday in that locker room, guys felt a little bit better. They really did, you know. And I, my, to my point is that this, they're on a two-game winning streak now. So, you know, things are kind of going. And, you know, there's, there's times when you, you start to feel good about yourself. You feel good about your teammates. And that's why there's a chance that they can go out and win this game on Sunday because I feel like confidence is something that this team has needed, that desperately needed over the season. They just couldn't get ball. They just couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. They put two games together. Now they got it. I'm sure that there was some swagger at practice the last couple weeks. I'm sure there was, you know, an uptick in the media, talking to guys in the media. There was just a lot of things, you know, Christmas time. No better place to have Christmas when you win. Because when you lose and you have in Christmas, you're looking at your kids like they're like you don't like them. It's so bad. It's really so. It's really so. Good things happen uh, when you win, and I think the biggest thing for this team, being young, Paul, and you know this, is that these guys are learning how to win. They're learning what the taste of victory tastes like, and now they can bring it into this game this week. Because I really believe that this can be a big game for this team because. Of just who they who what the the magnitude of this game, you got nowhere to go. If you want to show me how you want to be on this team next year and how you're going to be evaluated, then come on out and show me how you're going to play this weekend. It's the last game of the season, right? And I think that every single one of those guys will play hard this week. I really do. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to nine zero four six four. For more details, quickly on Twitter before we go back to the phone calls again, hit us up on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. Sure. Interesting comment from uh, Harrison Bryant, who is at Pharaoh Harrow, interesting tag, says, coming into the 2020 season, I expect a big push from the Giants offense, especially out of the tight ends, Ingram, Smith, and Conrad. Well, Conrad's not here. He didn't make it uh, past opening day. Yeah. Um, he wants to know the big push from the jumbo package and a receiving threat out of the tight ends. He's forgetting Ellison there, of course, in the yeah. conversation. Well, he's been out a little bit. He's again. Well, out again. Ingram and Ellison are both scratched this week. Yep. Okay. We I know heard Ingram Simonson had the foot surgery. Right, too, right? Simonson is scratched because of a concussion. Ellison scratched because of a concussion. Uh, so we will see uh, some more out of Smith. He's been a he's been a nice find. He really has. Caden Smith has been a really nice find. Good young football player. 
growing, understanding football, understanding this offense, how he can incorporate into the offense. And he's a good blocker and very athletic. He's got a bright future. He really does. I think between Ingram, Ellison, and Smith, the Giants are stacked with three very solid tight ends. Because all of them can do something a little bit different, right? I mean, I look at I look at Evan. He's a guy that we know he can block. Maybe not be the best blocker in the world, but we know he's a dynamic playmaker, right? You got Red Ellison. We know he can block, and we know he can make plays in the passing game. And then you got Caden Smith, who is a young guy who can do both. He can make plays like he did last week, and he's he's very good with his hand in the dirt. Eli Manning triple question mark, also <laughs> known as at Eli Manning HOF. He okay. says, this Eagles game is our playoff game. It's an opportunity to show how everyone, uh, our progress. The media has missed this story entirely. Totally focused on firing people. He wants to see the Giants beat Philly. Well, that is music to your ears and mine. Right, Paul? I mean, I appreciate anybody who puts the comic books down and just talks about football. <laughs> you know that. The comic books. I love it. I love the term. The fact is, is that you're right. This is a playoff game for the Giants, and they're playing the Eagles. What a great playoff game, right? There's so only knock one them out of the playoffs. They go nowhere. And by the way, you go nowhere. So what more to win? Go. Do it. Yeah, if you're a legit fan, the only way to feel is that you got to want your team to win. And listen, for and those that's people, the end of it. there's people, really nothing else to say. And it's your playoff game and, and met at MetLife Stadium Sunday because there's going to be a lot of green there. We know that. So hold your heads up tall and proud and yell for them giants because those people somehow meander down from the South Parkway up this way every year. I just think we should quadruple the tolls on the turnpike just <laughs> Which, for this game. Yeah, with anybody. Well, they ha unfortunately they have the same prices. They are the same uh, license plates as a lot of the people up here, right? I mean, oh, New Jersey, South Jersey, so, South Jersey people are. Yeah, fans so we got to find a way to to get. Uh, I guess no. What we'll do is we'll close all easy pass lanes, which you won't have a problem with, Paul, because he doesn't have an easy pass. He just likes to go and wait in those lines, <laughs> and we'll make all the people from South uh, uh, Philly wait in the lines with you. That's enough punishment. I don't have to wait in those lines. I run through the toll plaza. <laughs> well, you also drive through them. Last time I was with you, you drove through an easy pass one, remember? <laughs> I paid a fine and, and for you, it, too. Yeah, and you also tried to talk the lady into it wasn't it your was, fault. It, it was a mistake. Yeah. Okay. Line three, Joey, you are next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Joey. Hey, guys. Hi, uh, Joey. Very nice to talk to you. Happy Hello. New Year. We got you. Happy New Year. Uh First of all, I've always wanted to say this. Jeff, thank you so much for helping the Giants win Super Bowl 42. My I pleasure. Mean, My pleasure, Joey. You. Thank you, man. I appreciate that very much. Right. Now that you got that off your chest, I know that was difficult. <laughs> I'm just kidding, by the way. Go ahead, Joey. Um, so, Jeff, you've been on both sides of this rivalry, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I have. Former, yeah. Former, uh, yep. You're more, you're more of a Giants me so i won't bring that up that's okay uh, i'm a big giants fan now anyways i hate the eagles even though i played for them so there you go all right um <laughs> my question is uh, there's a lot of fans out there a lot of giants fans who who, who know if we lose this game it, it helps us better in the draft but we have not beaten these guys since 2016 and these guys i've said it before there are you know, if we're the Yankees, there are Red Sox. So what would you say to the fans who are conflicted that, you know, we want, we want to win this game because we haven't beaten these guys in forever, but if we lose, it helps us in the draft. What would you say to those guys? I, I would say this. It would mean more to me to beat this team because I know what I'm, I know what I'm getting out of the loss, right? I'm, I'm getting, I know that they're not going to the playoffs, and that's a given. I don't know the given coming out of the draft. I don't know who we're going to get or if he's going to be a bust or he's going to be a Hall of Fame player or he's, he's going to, you know, he decides to stay in school because you want Chase Young and he decides to, to, you know what I'm saying, Paul? The given to me mm -hmm. is that if I beat the Eagles, which, which gets the monkey off our back, and I know that they're not going to the playoffs, that means more to me at this juncture. It Just does. remember something. The draft is four months away, and there's nothing certain about the draft. That's my point. Even guys who have been picked number one overall have turned out to be busts. Yeah. And what I continue to tell people is, yeah, Chase Young is the highest graded pass rusher. Nobody knows if the Giants have him as the top guy on their board. 
So maybe they don't even want him. So does it matter if they're picking four or five? So maybe Chase Young is gone. Maybe the Giants don't care if he's gone. Maybe they've got their eyes on somebody else. And don't get me wrong, I would love to have Chase Young. I mean, if he if he is what everybody says he is, and and I've done my homework, and I, I feel like he's the guy that's on my draft board is the number one guy, and, and he's there for me to pick, I'm well, picking again, him. Again, you're saying if. If. Maybe well, the Giants don't feel that way. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is. I mean, remember all the bozos who insisted two years ago that the Giants were going to take a quarterback, and they took Saquon Barkley instead? Yeah. Well. I mean, so who knows what? Basically, nobody knows Jack is what it comes down to, Joey. All right. Have a great day. Thank you so much for the call. You know, I just want to ask that out loud. Um, one other thing. The last time we played these guys, uh, God, you know, last two times, Saquon was running good, Eli was throwing good, and then it just crumbled. And, I mean, oh, man. I'm reliving the memory, so I'm forgetting. No, no, Joey, Joey, relax. (laughs) Relax. It sounds like you're driving your car. Relax. It's okay. That's what these Enjoy the game on Sunday, okay? (laughs) Happy New Year to you. (laughs) Bye, Joey. Boy, I tell you what, that's real life crisis for (laughs) Giants Eagles series right there. Look, again, I said this the other day. You weren't here. I was on the show with uh, Lance Meadow uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. And what I said, and, and our. Older Giants fans who can go back to the 70s. Not so much the 50s and 60s. But in the 1970s is where the Eagles began to have this black magic hex over the Giants. And it all started with the Herman Edwards recovery for a touchdown of the Joe Pizarchik fumble, which turned out to be a great thing for the Giants because that's what propelled them to wind up with George Young to change the franchise around. But basically, since that Herman Edwards fumble recovery... There has been an entire encyclopedia of black magic that the Eagles have been able to use against Big Blue. They have beaten this team in every way imaginable. Yeah. Walk-off, punt return. Oh, you name it. Uh, You name it. Block field goal running for a touchdown. Oh, 60-yard field goals. You know? Um, Now, I would only say this. As a Giants fan, you want to remember when Shockey beat Brian Dawkins in the end zone. Yeah. You want to remember when Strahan returned an interception for a touchdown at the vet, okay? <laughs> you want to remember those things. You want to remember when, when in 81 of the playoffs, oh, when Wally right. Henry fumbled two kickoff returns and the Giants won their first playoff game in 17 years. Those are the things. Giants have had a, a few, a few yeah. really good moments against Philly, but, you know, since the 70s, they've really had the black magic. Yeah. So I get that. You know, yeah. Stray in and Plexico Burris were, were the last of, of the, the Giants uh, superstars that really willed the Giants to victory past Philadelphia. What but year since was that uh, time, What year was the interception it just hasn't by, happened. by uh, Strahan? Do you remember? Oh, my goodness. I'd have to look it was up. Was it in the 90s? In the, in the meantime, yeah. Early 90s? Yeah. In the meantime, let me go to the phone calls and I'll look that up. Mike from Brooklyn, you're next on the Hi, show. Mike. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? Well, happy belated Christmas and happy New Year. Back to you, you sir. You uh, too. All right, my first question uh, was about Wayne Garland, so you guys took care of that already. Okay. Um, I believe... 2001, that... by the way, was Strahan's pick for a touchdown against Philly. 2001. Okay. Go gotcha. ahead. Um, I believe they need to keep the current coaching staff in place um, for the third year of the three-year plan. Um, I'd love to see Sher- um, Pat, uh, Coach Shermer, uh, give up the uh, offensive coordinating um, role to Mike Shula in this third year because by now Shula knows exactly what is. You know, he's in, inside uh, Shermer's head as far as play calling and, and whatnot. That's the only caveat I would put uh, on on changing any any staffing. It's not really a staff change; it's just a kind of a positional change. Um, and well, one question, uh, and, uh, Paul, I, I I know you love the uh, the trenches as I do. What do you think the chances are next year that Nick Gates takes over the right tackle position? 
All right. Well, first, let me correct myself. It was 1999 when Strahan had the 44-yard interception return for a touchdown to beat Philadelphia. Let me just correct that. I hate to to get a wrong uh, fact. I'm very much uh, anal about that, especially when it involves Michael Strahan, one of my favorite all-time players. Uh, What do I think about Nick Gates? I think Nick Gates is going to be a terrific guard in this league. I think he is capable of playing tackle. I think he's a versatile guy, much like David Deal. But I've talked to Nick. I've talked to the coaches and the personnel people here. Everybody believes he can be a really, really good guard. His foot speed and athleticism against the speed rushers off the edge in the NFL are going to be an occasional problem, especially against the elite pass rushers. Now, could he play right tackle in many games against average defensive ends and average outside linebackers and win a lot of those battles? Absolutely, he could. But against the elite, he's probably going to be better off at guard. Well, we're, we're but I s- like Nick a lot. Okay, so let's let's just take that one game further. He's going to get his chance this week against to go a, a good a good defense on as far as sure de- he is. So um, battling we'll, a shoulder injury, by the way, too, which is, is is you know so that full assessment with him being healthy will not be a good. I mean, you got to give him all the, you know, he, he's going to be hurt a little bit. But but I think that the thing about Nick Gates that you like about is his versatility and is he going to be a you know, he's going to be a franchise right tackle. No, he's not, but he's going to be a guy that's going to be on your team for a while that's going to be plug and play, right, until he can maybe win the starting job at a guard position. But until then, you know, he's a good player. He's a young player, and uh, he's not expensive right now, and they're, they're going to keep him. Terrific attitude yeah. and as tough as nails. And that's what True. you like out of an really offensive Really good motor. He's, sure. a, he's a pit bull. He's a Richie Seibert yeah, type of player. Yeah. With the versatility of David Deal. And and those guys can always have a spot on your roster. No question. No question. And he can also serve as a uh, the the swing tackle that Charlie has been praying praying for in a pinch because Yeah. He, I agree. Because they nobody touched uh, Eli against the Eagles, I believe. And he did a great job at right guard, um, when he played right he did. guard. Yeah. Uh, so yep. I, I yeah. I have a high expectations for him, just like Coach Sherman does, um, and I, I just uh, I just hope they take out the Eagles. And for the fans that say, you know, uh, let's lose, you know, we, Paul, you and I talked about this the other day. If you're a real fan, you want to win. And sure. There, there would be nothing better than to knock the Eagles out of the playoffs. Stop this curse, and I believe right. it is like a, like you said a hex um, for every everything that's gone wrong about Giant Eagles rivalry in the in the last what ten fifteen years. Sure. Um, yeah. So if you, if anybody uh, wants us to uh, not play to a full capacity against this team, uh, forget any other team, but this team, this team is we hate them. <laughs> I mean, thank you, we, Mike. We, we have to beat them, and I was so disappointed about uh, how hot we came out in the first half, and then kind of dropped the ball in the second half. Understood. A few weeks ago. All right, guys, have a great. You too. Uh, have a great New Year. I'll get off the phone and uh, let you talk to your other callers. All right, Happy New Year to you, Mike. Hatred. Hatred. It's so. It's a strong word. Yeah. Dislike yeah. is more passive. Hatred's a strong. It's word. become. It's become this. Well, when you lose That's as many times saying. as you have in a decade, it really has. It does tend to. Now, I have over. a good friend of mine who's a big Eagles fan, and uh, he texted me the other night after the game, the Washington game, and he said, "I'm worried about the Giants." And I said, "Well, you should be. I mean, they they played you guys well for two quarters. They went out and beat the Redskins. They put up a lot of, more than thirty points. So forty-one. He says, "Yeah, I know they can score points. That's what scares me." Because the Eagles are—they don't put up a lot of points, you know. Um, well, they can't. They're really hurt right that's now. That's what I'm saying. So I think that's why he's afraid. So, all right, we go to line two, Charlie in Portland, Maine. Hello, Charlie. Happy New Year. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Charlie. Did you not want to talk to us today? No, he's down. He's fallen into a hole. Charlie, Charlie, please come out from the bomb shelter and converse. Yeah, I'm sorry, Charlie. We're gonna have to let you go. All right, we go to line four, and Len from Maryland, you're next on the show. Hello. Hey guys, how you doing? Well, Len, happy holiday. Hey, hi. Yeah, happy holiday to you guys. Hey, listen, Paul, 
don't raise the tolls on the turnpike Sunday till I get through them, okay? <laughs> no, <laughs> done deal. Yeah, but you're oh coming. No, but you're I'm coming have from to take west. Part time job for to pay these tolls ten times a year. I hear you. that turnpike. I hear you. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. Uh, uh, comment on a couple of things that you said on the Strahan thing, on the Strahan interception. I think he actually dropped back in coverage on that play, Paul. That was not he a did. tip in the backfield. It was a zone blitz. Yep. How about that? Well, How Michael, that? Michael, who's very capable he, of doing a lot of things, he was very athletic. Yeah. I, and I, I still can't believe he didn't make that top NFL 100 as a defensive lineman. I mean, that was just – I mean, if there was a better def, two-way defensive end, pass rush and uh, run stopper in, in the history of the league than, than Strahan, I, yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to well, tell he, you what. You know what? For me, Reggie White was number one, oh. and Michael Strahan was number two. As far as guys go. who have, I've seen with my own eyes, my dad tells me, and I've seen the films – that Andy Robustelli, my goodness. Now, you tell yeah. me, Len, you saw Andy live in person. My dad tells me it would be hard to put Strahan above Robustelli. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's that's for another call, Paul. Okay. in discussion. That would be great. I'd love to talk to you about that. Hey, hey, listen, you're, you guys making the comments about the importance of division games. Uh, let me see if I can put that into perspective. Starting next year, over a four-year period of time, we will play 24 games against our division opponents or our division rivals. We will play four games against the NFC North, who we play next year. So, you know, win your division games yeah. or play at least 500 in your division games, and we got a shot on Sunday. You know, we win this game. This year we're 500 in the division. That would be nice. It would be good to, you know, good to win it. Hey, a couple of, couple of – um, Matchups on Sunday that I'm looking at that I think are going to make a you know big difference and it's all going to be on the end the line play. Um, I think Tomlinson and Kelsey that's going to be a battle. I think if Tomlinson can hold his own, we shut down the run completely and we got a good shot at winning the game. Tomlinson's had a very uh, strong second half of the season yeah. since the acquisition yeah. of Leonard Williams. I truly believe that both Dexter Lawrence and Dalvin Tomlinson have played yeah. significantly better. We we may see Williams get a sack this weekend if Tomlinson can hold his own against Kelsey right there in the middle of that three four defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barnett Barnett and Solder he's going to have to handle that speed. And um, you know comments on uh, tight ends and blocking. Boy, one of the big improvements in the run game over the last few weeks has been the better blocking from the tight end. A lot of times people overlook the importance of that tight end blocking. Wow, it it really has made a difference in the last few weeks. An important help, and I think we can get, and that's where we'll give, uh, you know, Gates a little help on Sunday. I agree, the speed rush, you know, may be tough for him to handle, but I think we'll give him a little, you know, we'll give him a little help. Hey, um, Jeff, I got a quick one for you. Okay. Um, you, you know, special teams have been terrific. Yeah. Um, three block kicks, three block punts. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot, Jeff. We've had three this year. Has there been yeah. three? Wow. Yeah. Are you sure? You, I, like, I mean, I just you got any uh, well, you know, I, what do you what, listen, do, you, what I, do you think? Well, the 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 one thing that I I was just reading uh Coach McGay, he, he had a press conference the other day. You know, he was able to the coordinator speak and he was just saying it was it was a simple rush that they did the last game, right? And that's just you know, that's just uncalled for. That's just simple blocking and what he was talking yeah. about was yeah, you know, counting if you can't we always used yeah. to say on the punt team Len if you can't count to four, then you shouldn't be in the NFL because really what they do is they count outside in, right? So that you're, yeah, you're number right. one, you're number two. I got the number two guy. That guy had the number two guy. He lost him and he, and he blocked him. But I will tell you this. Zero is the number you should give up every season. It really is. And, and, and because you know you've been watching the game long enough to know this, that any big plays in special teams are big momentum shifts in games. And when you're in a close division game, a punt block like that, a field goal block, something like that will change the dynamics of a game in a minute. Have they had three points? Well, New England and Washington. I don't have a third one. Yeah, I didn't. I knew the New England one. That was the one that they, they got a touchdown yes, on that yes, one. Yes, yes. And um, there was one against Washington last week. Unless it was... Uh, and that's it. There's only two. Unless there was a tipped one maybe now that the went bad, over. The bad news is, for Riley Dixon, is that this is the second time in three seasons that he has had two block punts in a year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will yeah, tell you this. Yeah, they're gonna. I, I'll tell you, the Eagles are gonna come after him on Sunday. They're gonna. They're gonna need some way to turn this game around 
guys. I'll tell you how they do it. I think we're going to – I think this is going to be a game. When you get into this fourth quarter, I think we're going to be in control. Uh, they're they're going to have to – there's going to have to – something happen that's going to – God, Paul, I hope it's not one of those crazy things that we've had in the past. But Oh, um, golly. You know, I, I think we got a good shot on Sunday. I think we're going to win this game. I, hey, let's win it, and then, you know, we go from move there. on. Move on. <laughs> let's go, Giants. Hey, Happy New Year, guys. You too, Len. You too, Len. Right, Thanks so care. much. I, I'll tell you what. If you go back and you want some homework, go back and look at Riley Dixon in college and look what he used to do other than punt and hold field goals. If there's ever a time to do one of those that I'm talking about, it's this week. If they're going to come after you, you just throw the fake in there. He can throw the football. He can run. He ran some great fakes at Syracuse. I'm telling you. He had some great, great runs in Syracuse punt team history. I would. What do you got to lose, man? If you got to pull out all the stops to beat this team, do it there. You know? Let's see. He had uh, one run for minus 17 yards uh, well, his, in his sophomore year. Okay. And then uh, his next two years at Q's, he had a 42-yard run. And then his final year at Q's, he had three rushes for 29 yards. There you go. So five total rushes while he was at the Q's for 54 yards total. Well, that's five first downs. So I like the 42-yard run. I don't know who that was against. I'd have to look that one up. But I'm guessing that you're not as excited run... about that as I am. Well, I what about a... his passing? I wasn't a punter. What about his passing <laughs> statistics? His passing, he was two for two. Pretty cool. Okay, so he's what? got five rushes he's, he's for got, almost about, 60 yards, and he's this? two for two. He, here's what's funny. There, there's, according to this, he was one for one with a one-yard touchdown completion. I don't know how you do that. Oh, it must have been all off a hold. Exactly. That's off a hold. And then he was one for one for minus one yard, so that also must have been off a hold. Okay. Right. Both throws Forget. were not out of punt formation. Forget about those. Then. Okay. Talk about his running skills. All right. Anyway. 211-939-4513. We're closing out the last few minutes of the program. We may have to use all of them for Charlie from Maine. He is on line one. But if we should be able to uh, dispatch Charlie before we end I, I the I think program, he dropped his phone down the get, silo. We will get somebody else. Charlie, have you escaped from the bomb shelter yet? <laughs> hey, guys. What oh, happened yes, to you? I'm out and about. Hey, um, <laughs> hey, Paul, I know why you got so mad at me when I was talking about voodoo. You believe in all these hexes and stuff. I can't believe it. <laughs> Look, I, I bet you, I bet you most, of, most of the time, Philly had a better team than us. Even though they won crazy, they probably had a better team at the time. Uh, I mean, look, here's what I do know, okay? And, and I mean this wholeheartedly. I, I don't necessarily believe in jinxes, per se, four-leaf clovers and ladders and black cats and all that stuff. I don't necessarily believe in that stuff. But what I do believe in, Charlie, is Bill Parcells' psychology of results how winning breeds winning and losing breeds. You know what? I yeah, do believe yeah. that when a team has another team's number over an extended period of time, I do believe that psychologically there is an impact in those players' emotions and minds as a team uh, is going through a momentum change within a game. If they're on the positive side of the hex, I do believe that helps their momentum. If they're on the negative side of the hex, I do believe that causes some indecision and doubt and stress and apprehensiveness. I do believe in that. And that's not <laughs> black magic as much as I like to call it black magic. I do think it is a psychological, emotional sway of the game. And I think Jeff agrees. No, you, you listen, I, there's, there's certainly times. It's almost, it's, I'll give you another example to, the, to that aspect is that there's guys that don't have good games in certain uh, stadiums, right? And when they when they pull up to that stadium, it's like it's they can't get it out of their head. It's just like this team is good. We can't beat them. That's a lot with the Patriots, right? People don't think they can beat the Patriots because they always beat everybody. But once in a while, you know, you play that game and you come out and you have confidence and you can do it. But yes, it is psychologically in some guys' heads, Charlie. It really is. You remember Keith hey. Washington, Charlie? Huh? Keith Washington. Yeah. Do you remember him? I do. Yeah, he was yeah, with the yeah, Ravens yeah, that yeah, beat yeah. the Giants in, in the 2000 season Super Bowl, uh, the Super yeah. Bowl 35. Yeah. Later on, a couple of years later, the Giants got him. 
He was a yep. defensive tackle slash defensive end. Okay? Yep. And Keith was a very strong believer in karma. <laughs> he used to he used to call it the whammy. Because because and we, we, we used to joke about it all the time. He used because, to put the whammy on the Tino all the time. Because <laughs> the bad karma and the whammy was something that, that absolutely was, was part of his psychological profile when he approached the big game. So I'm just saying, it, it to some players, this stuff means something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hey, what, didn't Seahorn uh, make that great catch for the interception? Wasn't that against Philly? Yeah. Yeah. Was it? There've been, yeah, there've well, there been, look, there have been some terrific Giants plays, too. But I think the more inexplicable plays, the ones that you just shake your head and you can't believe, like a 63-yard field goal on the final play of the game. Oh, how about this Just one? makes you want to puke. How about the 98-yard yeah, punt that Randall Cunningham had against the Giants? Yeah, that was unbelievable. It didn't, it didn't win a game, but it was unbelievable. But it's just the, the unexpected. What's the word that she used? Un unexpected. Twilight Zone stuff. Do, 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 do. Hey, well, hey, we're in hey, Twilight hey, Zone right now with Charlie on the phone. Go ahead, Charlie. Hey, this, this Sunday is a sad day because this could be Eli's last I know. time he's going to wear the giant uniform. Yep. And it's really a sad day if that is true, which it probably will be. And I, I, I for my sources, uh, we're going to have a new GM and a new coach. We're going to have new everything on Monday. So uh, get ready for that, guys, because uh, that's what I hear is going to be happening, which is going to be, for me, it's going to be wonderful, wonderful news. But I hope Eli doesn't retire. I hope, I think there's three teams he could go to, Chicago, the Raiders, and the Colts. Those are three teams that could use him for a run at the Super Bowl. And I think Bruden loves Eli. He always talked highly of him when he was an analyst. And uh, I think Carr is definitely his days are numbered. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, we see him in uh, Las Vegas. And uh, who knows? Odell might be there too. Oh God! So, uh, <laughs> oh, wow! You, Charlie, Charlie, you are hey. setting up the off season for us, aren't you? Thank you so much for your thoughts, Charlie. Enjoy the game <laughs> okay, on guys. Sunday. Happy New Year, guys. bye, Charlie. Happy well. New Year to you. As we sign off this program. I do want to say that Charlie did spark something that I've been meaning to do all show, but it's appropriate we end the show with this. Uh, Eli Manning will wrap up 16 years with the Giants on Sunday. At least we believe that he will. And perhaps it'll be the final game that he suits up for, period, in the National Football League. Jeff, if I can, thumbnail on your thoughts on Eli Manning's career, what he meant to you as a teammate, what he meant to this organization as a player, and I think that's the best way to close out the program. Well, I think I'll start with the organization. I think that, you know, you, it's going to be hard to find another player like that for any organization to sit and play with one team for 16 years. Uh, when you have a, a situation like that, you give up a lot of your life for that. And, uh, you know, so Giants fans can, you know, you got to be proud of that. And I think that Eli has to be proud of that too. Um, two Super Bowls, okay? There's four in the in the case out there. He's got half of them. Um he really would have never missed a game. He would. Have, he really shouldn't have ever missed a game. Uh, there's times, and Paul, has, we did a show together. We know for sure that he should have missed games. He really should have. So his strength and his uh, desire to continue playing and wearing that New York helmet is something that you cannot dispute ever. Um, and as far as a man and a person, you're not going to get a nicer guy, a more generous man, a more uh, humble guy. Um probably the most humble person you'll ever meet or see. And for me personally, uh, I'm good friends with Eli. I have become great friends with him over the years that I played on the same team with him. Um, 22 seasons in the NFL, it took me 20 to get that Super Bowl ring and number 10 helped me get it. And I can't tell you how proud I am and thankful that he was my guy. Um, and that's, I guess that's all I can say about him. And he will forever... Uh, be in my heart, my family's heart, my kids, my wife, they all love him. And as an organization, you can't ask for anything more. If Daniel Jones gives you half of what Eli Manning did, you got to be pretty happy. Great, Jeff. Appreciate Thank you. It. Well said. Eli, if you're watching, love you, man, even though he's not watching. <laughs> Folks, Giants and Eagles, MetLife Stadium. Big Sunday, one. Sunday, 425, pregame on WFAN here in New York. Starts at 210 Sunday afternoon. A long one. And of course, remember tonight, MSG at 430 
First and Ten, the premier edition of the final First and Ten of the year, exclusive interview with Daniel Jones, and a video tribute to number 10, Eli Manning. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. For Jeff Fiegels, I'm Paul Dottino. Thanks to McKenzie. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live.